Welcome to Thinking Theologically. We're, uh, for all who are getting with us today, this will be our first one, and we're excited about this. I'm Matthew. This is Luke. Hello. How are you doing today? All right. Well, I'm doing pretty good, Luke. Thank you for asking. Oh, good. good. Glad you are. <laughs> but I was talking to the people out there who are going to be listening Absolutely. Today. Absolutely. Well, Thinking Theologically is a, it's a new uh, topics uh, series that Luke and I want to do where we dive into scripture, we dive into different theologies, different thoughts uh, on scripture and how to not only compare them, but to come to a a true um, basis for what we believe and how we believe. Uh, In this, you're going to have a lot of apologetics, uh, a lot of background, uh, a lot of culture uh, as we bring in these uh, different aspects of scripture. And so each week we'll come with a new topic. Some weeks we'll have a continuation of a topic, depending on how deep it is. And I believe this topic we'll start on today that we'll introduce in a minute is going to continue for a while. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Uh, uh, Luke's background, for those who don't know, uh, uh, Luke's background is very much into apologetics and being able to not only think theologically in the sense of uh, the different theologies of the Bible, the different uh, ideas and thoughts, but being able to defend that uh, with Scripture and through Scripture uh, my background is more of biblical culture and history, uh, uh, biblical studies, and I believe uh, uh, the two of us together have a great uh, uh, concept and idea of the scriptures that we can bring you a deeper understanding of what the word means and how to apply it. But in getting with it, today we're going to start talking about what, Luke? Salvation. Salvation. But but even deeper than that, what we believe is true in Scripture, which is eternal security. Once you are saved, you're saved forever. Yeah, and you know, we have that we have that a lot in today's times. We hear that once saved, always saved, don't we, Luke? Absolutely. That's a big topic. And to be honest with you, I personally don't dislike, but I don't really like that term. I personally like the term eternal security. Correct. Because it seems to put forth more of a idea that you're, because it says the gospel of John multiple times says, whoever so believes in me will have everlasting life or eternal life, depending on your translation. Correct. So eternal life is life eternal. It's never ending. You don't lose it. I mean, it's, if it's not, because the word eternal just means forever. It's an ongoing well, that, that process. that goes along with John 14, 6. I mean, Jesus said he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. So Absolutely. if it is eternal life, and that's what he gives, we, we get that idea. And I agree with you that I, I think the reason that we have such a confusion about the subject of salvation within the church today, and not just the church, within the world because of what the church teaches or, or lack of teaching, is simply because of the word phrasing of once saved, always saved. Mm -hmm. We get this idea that there really has no obedience afterwards or no change, no conversion that, oh, I've said, I believe, you know, I I believe that Jesus is the Lord of all, boom. And I'm going to live the way I want uh, for those who listen. But see what you just said, there is a problem within some of the devil because they think because they believe he is Lord of all, or even believe he is son of God, or even believe that he came and took away the sins. That doesn't mean they're saved. What are you Correct. believing in him for? Correct. We know he's the son of God. We know he's Lord of all. But if you haven't believed in him for the through what he has promised, which is everlasting life mm-hmm. through him, then you're not really saved. Well, and that's and we had discussed this earlier and, and in breaking down this idea of salvation, and that's why this topic is going to take a couple of weeks, 
is there so much more to this idea of eternal salvation mm -hmm. than simply just a moral acknowledgement mm -hmm. that God is, is God. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible clearly says that we are without excuse. Romans uh, and Paul tells us in Romans that idea because we simply can look at. Mm -hmm. And so there's no excuse to not know that there is a God. So that doesn't necessarily mean we're all saved. True. So this also brings in ideas of, of faith, the difference between faith, believe, hope. Those different things. We'll cover a little bit of that as well. But also the idea of what is salvation. If we truly can't lose our salvation mm -hmm. and such a wonderful promise of God, which we will discuss further in the next couple of weeks. We have to understand then deeply what is actual salvation yes. uh, and being able to distinguish the difference between salvation mm -hmm. and faith, salvation Ooh. and assurance, salvation and obedience, uh, uh, salvation and sanctification, which we'll get into. And I think that's one of the problems that we, we have used salvation as such a big, broad term to mean a lot more. Uh, different thoughts within within the Christian organization within within the church. Oh yeah, and because of that, we have a uh, an illiterate view of of salvation of the term of salvation, and so that's what today we're going to try to get into. And I know it's going to take a while because each one of these uh, uh, podcasts going to try to be about uh, twenty five to thirty minutes. I think is what we said. So we're going to try. We're going to try. Um, and, and that's the thing. If we get to 30 minutes and we're not at the end of the topic, the whole point is we're going to continue on this. And we ask that you would continue uh, once we start uploading these, that you would put your thoughts, your concerns. Uh, if you have a different point of view, uh, maybe one that we haven't even discussed or maybe the one that we did discuss and you want to put in your your thought, please go ahead. We would love to be able to discuss with you uh, one of the great things that, that uh, Brother Luke does. And I'll let him explain it real quick. Uh, is he has a wonderful desire to be able to debate, to be able to, uh, as I said, think theologically and give you those. Would you just give a little background on, on apologetics and your desire to be able to bring that out? Oh, absolutely. You know, apologetics, it's not, to those who don't know, we're not apologizing. Correct. We're not going around saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Correct. No, the word is from Greek, apologia, which means to give a defense. It's a, a law, litigation term, if you will. Mm -hmm. So what, what it is, is we want to be able to firmly stand on what we believe. Because if you can't firmly stand on what you believe, then do you really believe it? That's the question. And apologetics gets to the heart of that in a lot of ways. And there's multiple forms of it. I mean, multiple ways of debate. I mean, we can debate the existence of God. We can debate the resurrection. There's all kinds of things. Those are just a couple. But the thing of it is, is what evidence points to are you willing to follow the truth, even if it goes against what you have held forever? Mm -hmm. So no matter whether you believe in God, whether you don't believe in God, whether you do believe in God, whether you're an Arminian, whether you're a Calvinist, whether you're just somebody out there that don't even know what those two terms mean. Yeah. And you just don't know for sure what you believe, but you've heard something. Yeah. There's a lot of, I like to call it phraseology Christianity. <laughs> People Absolutely. have heard phrases and tidbits and snippets of things, and they hold to that. Well, let your conscience be your guide, right? I yeah, mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You be you. Yeah, you be you. Do, I, you. do you, I'll do me. <laughs> That's what a lot of people are doing nowadays. Absolutely. So the, what I desire, and I have a deep passion for this, is yes, debating with atheists is great. Discussing with them is great. But I... My deep passion is to get to the truth of what the Bible says. 
And I know everybody out there that is a Christian and truly, and they hold to the word of God, being the word of God, say they're a biblicist. And that's what I want to take you back to. If you say you're a biblicist, let's go back to the Bible and see what it truly says and not hold to any kind of view that somebody else maybe has taught you. Correct. So that's what I want to do. That's one of my big passions. And, you know, of course, you know, theology, all of that. I love it because it is just so much fun to discuss because this is, one, we're not just talking about random things. Correct. We're not just talking about, oh, hey, I went fishing this weekend or I went hunting or, oh, if you're out there and you're in the rodeo, I went to this rope and I went to this barrel race. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about stuff like that. That's great. I'm not saying that's not good stuff to talk about, but... All in all, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, if you're laying on your deathbed, that rodeo, that fish, that deer means nothing. Dance around the truth. This right here, yeah. the Bible, the Word of God, and what it really means, and the joy you can have when you see the freedom you have in Jesus Christ, there's nothing greater. That Absolutely. is the ultimate importance right Absolutely. there. So that's what the life is all about. That's what well, life in general is all about. So that is what I desire, and I love discussing things, and I promise I don't get mad, I don't get mean. I, I will just talk to you. You can get mad and cuss at me and say things, and I'll just still look at you and we'll talk normally. That's right. That's the way it is. So we're if we're brothers in Christ and sisters, brothers and sisters in Christ, that's how we should be. We should be able to talk to each other even if we disagree vehemently. That's right. That's so that's my, that's my deal. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead. As I said, this was just a, an intro. We just wanted to get you to let you know who we are. Uh, Luke is getting his uh, uh, bachelor's of science and theological studies. Is, okay, Moody, and then I'll be going into my MDiv at Moody again, which is Master or, of Divinity. For those who don't Divinity, know, yes, starting in next, next summer is when it'll start, and it's going to be an interdisciplinary study, which is going to be theologically driven as well. Absolutely, absolutely. A little background on me. I'm Matthew, by the way. For those who don't know. Uh, I am the pastor of First Baptist Dean in Dean, Texas right now. I've been in ministry for 15 years. It's a great big city. If you blink once, you'll catch the end of it. End of it. That's right. <laughs> uh, I have uh, 15 years, I said 15 years of ministry experience. Uh, and uh, God has uh, just done some amazing things in my life. And uh, I, have, I hold a uh, master's of uh, education and Bible literacy, learning the culture and context of how to read and understand the Bible, as well as uh, a, a doctorate from Newburgh Theological Seminary in ministry. And so that's why I said I believe that between the both of us, we have the ability uh, to truly look at the scriptures as we're studying and we've learned. And this is things that we've also uh, held different points of views uh, and have, as we've grown and matured within our faith, learned these different uh, topics. Uh, and been able to convey that to each other in a way that we can discuss it more and build upon that. And that's what really this whole uh, podcast has come about for that reason. And so, as I said, just some uh, introductions. That won't be that way every every day. We'll just no. basically get it started. I just wanted to let you all know who we were. So let's get into then salvation as yes. I unwrap this whole thing. It's going to be a big thing. But I want to bring up Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Absolutely. And then we'll kind of go in Great. from there into different ones. So. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, uh, uh, this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. He clearly states that it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not for yourselves. It is the gift of God, or not by anything that you've done, uh, but the gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. And so I think, I think in more than anything, 
not just how we are saved or the, you know, the, the different aspects of what to say or what to do. I think Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 give a, a clear understanding of the process of salvation. So first it is by, it is by grace. Grace is unmerited favor, a gift that we receive that we do not earn, that we do not, uh, uh, that, that we don't uh, uh, deserve. Yeah, we don't deserve uh, it at uh, all. In, in that. So, so this is a gift of grace uh, that we have been saved. So it, or it is by God's grace, means his gift to us, that he saves us through our faith. And that is a continued belief in, uh, in, uh, in God and Jesus Christ, as we'll get to deeper in just a second. That not of yourselves, so it's not it's not a works thing. It's not a, an action in the sense of we're only saved if we continue to do this, 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 and this, uh, because that would once again that would negate God's grace, as it mm-hmm. says. It's not by anything that we can do. So it's not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So it is a gift, not by works, so that no one can boast. And this is what we're basically going to preface this with, as Luke and I said. If you cannot then earn your salvation by anything that you do or who you are, which we have no ability to, as we'll dive in deeper, then it would stand a reason that we have no ability to lose it based upon what we do. And this would, as we get deeper, it's going to be more just the exception, uh, the the acceptance uh, of of God's gift or the rejection of God's gift from the beginning. And as I've said before, you know, on Christmas, Mm -hmm. I, 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 I love gifts. You love gifts, Luke? Well, I don't know anybody who doesn't love right. the gift. I love gift. And, you know, uh, Luke, you got me a present just recently for when I graduated yeah. from my doctorate. Yeah. He got me a a, a a European shoulder bag, you know. Just, yeah. uh, <laughs> a man purse. A man purse, right? No, it's one of those study bags. I've wanted one for a long time, and Luke got me one. But, Luke, when did that gift, even though you desired it for me, you bought it for mm-hmm. me, uh, and it is for me, when does that gift become mine? When did it become mine? It became yours the moment you opened the box and pulled it out and nearly started crying. I, I did. I did. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But that's it. It, it was the acceptance of, of the gift. Uh, it would, it, even though it was the intention of Luke to give it to me, if I never opened that box or I never took it out and, and, and made it mine, it never it never did. And I think that's where some of these problems get in that we're going to talk about deeper in the next few weeks is the acceptance versus rejection. But clearly, I think Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 show the that, process. That so is, what do you have? That is a very clear one. And again, we can look back in John chapter 10, yeah. which is a very good section here. It's back in, starts in like verse 24, I believe it is, 22. Mm-hmm. It's where he's talking about him and the Father being one or at mm-hmm. the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem. And Jesus is walking in the temple, the colonnade Solomon and all of that stuff. And all the Jews are around him. And they're wondering how long he's going to keep them in suspense and tell them plainly and this, that, and other. And he said, and I told you, this is in verse 25, mm-hmm. I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. Correct. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, here he's talking to Israel and all this, that, and other. And he's, you know, the sheep will hear his voice and all of that. But what's really crucial here, he says, and I know them, they follow me. He said, I give them eternal life. Mm-hmm. I, Jesus Christ, as God, and with God the Father, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. And going on to verse 29, it says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Correct. That right there shows the power, the love, the grace of God, because he gives it. I give them eternal life, he says, and they will never perish. I and the Father are one. And no one can snatch them 
out of the Father's hand. So we see this right here in this text that God is the one that gives eternal life. Correct. And I would show, I would say, I would add to that with the idea here too that this is clearly Jesus showing that He is God, yes, that He is absolutely. connected. So, his deity, and not, not only His deity, but He is the one then that offers salvation. He's so, offered. what what is salvation? It's then believing within Jesus Christ and and believing in His gift, which as I said when we said Ephesians uh, two eight through nine, it is that gift of God, and that gift of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ, as we said uh, in. Uh, 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 John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Uh, so all those things are, are within Jesus. And then here in, in, in John uh, chapter 10, he, he definitely affirms not only that he is God, because when he says uh, me and the Father are one, but he also shows that it is through him that uh, uh, salvation comes. Yeah, so John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to eternity, this idea of relationship with God, except through by him. So salvation is not just the belief in Jesus Christ, which it is. It's the gift of grace, gracious gift that God gives us through our faith in Jesus Christ. And that is our salvation. Yeah. And see, that's that's another view. You 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 think faith is a gift, I don't see faith as a gift. I see that well, as so our I, 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 faith. I may have misspoke. I mean, grace is is the gift. Yes, grace through, is the gift. Through, through our, our faith, faith in yes. that gift. Sorry, that, I, I may have misspoke. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so we you know, we know that and we see that this salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. Because we see in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, where Paul talks about where Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he was raised. And through that is where our salvation comes is because of the work that Jesus Christ did. He did all the work necessary to atone for our sins. Another term that you'll hear us use is penal substitutionary atonement. That just means that Jesus Christ was the one who took the punishment that we, were, we deserved and he was our substitute. So all of it is through Christ. He did the work. So again, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, where it speaks of all the work Christ did mm-hmm. for us. He did it all. That's what I just told him here, the yeah. penal substitutionary atonement. Well, that's, that's uh, what that is. So it's him and him alone doing the work. Well, in John 10, 10. Yeah, that, I mean, it shows it clearly. Yeah. Both. That's why I used them both right there yeah. in together along with the Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, because we're touching with John and we're touching with Paul. Correct. And we're seeing this because, you know, John, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the Gospel of John has the use of believe in there 98 times. Mm-hmm. It's used 98 times, either believe, believing, or believes. And the majority of those are talking about people believing on Christ for salvation. Correct. So it is the Gospel of belief. Correct. It, it's be, it's the one, it's the evangelistic of the gospel, and uh, and it, it's really it's got some really good stuff in there. The 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 defining there of belief too, by the way, as it's meant is is a trust and a obedience. So we believe by trusting that what that person says, thus being Jesus Christ, that he is who he is, that he did what he did, and then not only that, but obeying, living for him, and stuff like that. Now we'll get into deeper subjects on 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 obedience versus disobedience. But I would stand, and, and, and we can see what Luke's 
you know, falls on this, but I, I would believe that and that's, or I would, I would say that that belief then comes with the connotation and idea that obedience should be a part of that in that sense of, uh, of that faith that we're not only believing and trusting who he is, but we're following what he has told us to do. Well, yeah. I mean, that comes in the sanctification Correct, part yeah. of it. That yeah. is part of see salvation and sanctification are intimately linked, but they're also separate. Yes. There is because of salvation, then we should have sanctification. Correct. But here's where a lot of people struggle with stuff. I think mm -hmm. is people start confusing and including sanctification, discipleship and things like that into uh, salvation. See, the thing is a quote, and I believe this comes from Charlie Bing. I may be wrong out of his, what was his dissertation from Dallas. Mm -hmm. it's, it's called Lordship Salvation is what he called it. And yes. it's a, it's a refutation of Lordship Salvation mm -hmm. is what it is. Well, like I said, I believe this comes from him. Not 100%, but I think so. And it says, The grace that brings salvation is the motivation that leads the believer to pay the cost of discipleship and live a godly life. Correct. So There are more aspects of our faith, yes. less aspects of our salvation. And committed, he, got, he has another quote, Committed discipleship is always costly and must be properly distinguished from salvation, which is always free. Correct. So Absolutely. we have to separate those. And that's where I think a lot of people get confused is they start putting works. You have to be work working or have works to show you're saved. Mm -hmm. My question is always how much? Well, Titus 3, 5, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And I mean, mercy and grace, I, they're, they're, they're separate, but they, they both are with the idea of uh, things that we deserve or don't deserve, and, and we don't des mercy. We don't deserve mercy, but God gives us mercy, and He gives us mercy. He's also gracious and, and abounds by giving us all these extra things. Uh, but no, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. Our our obedience uh, or disobedience is not based upon our salvation, uh, and I think that's a thing that's depending on upon our maturation. Mm -hmm. uh, I am my child. I'm my father's child or my mother's child, I, I am. No matter how much I disobey does not negate the fact that I am their child. Exactly. It negates how obedient of a child I am, how fruitful I am, uh, how much I'm growing to know them and, 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 and live what they say. And uh, that, you know, that gets a whole into rewards and things like that, which oh, we'll, yes. so we'll discuss yeah, we'll, in we'll get into that for sure. Yes. But that, that's that idea. We have to separate those that once again, if we are, if it is a, Works-based salvation, meaning if we have to do these things, and and uh, Luke, I'll I'll let you bring up uh, James, yeah, because um, we had talked about that before. That uh, this this idea that our faith and works are together. Yeah. It's not saying they have to be, meaning no. that our works have to be there to show our faith. Exactly. It's just saying that it does show our faith that no one's going to truly know what we really believe exactly. unless we do stuff. Now, what we believe is not dependent, as we said, no. uh, upon that action. And that's but what, no that's what people, no. they look at that and go, well, see, no, you have to, you should, you know, your faith without works is dead. It's not meaning that it's wrong in the sense of there is no salvation. It's saying that it's not, it's not growing. It's not fruitful. The idea that faith, my belief 
without actually living that out really means that how deep is your faith then is really exactly. what that idea well, but it's not negating the salvation exactly it's just like i've heard i believe it i'm pretty sure it was on the podcast from grace evangelical society bob wilkin and sean lazar talking about a battery a dead battery in the car they were saying that just because the battery is dead does not mean it does not exist anymore or that it never existed. The battery is still a battery. It's just useless because it's dead. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, that battery can become useful if it's charged. Mm -hmm. So what it's getting at when you see, you know, faith without works is dead. That's basically it's a useless faith. Not that it's not real faith. Absolutely. Because there's only one faith. Either you have faith in Christ, you're truly saved, mm -hmm. or you're not. Mm -hmm. There's not false faith and this, that, and other. I don't believe that. I Correct. believe it's faith. Absolutely. And the thing is, just like the battery, it's useless while it's dead. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that it is not, yeah. it's not existent. So a dead faith, just like you just said, it can be revived. Just like a dead battery, mm -hmm. even if it's really dead, it don't matter if you got a dead cell in it. If you put the right charge to it, you can get your vehicle started and get down the road. Correct. Correct. But, but it's still an existing battery, just like faith. So the thing is with it is works are something just as the quotes from Charles Bing said are things that we do after. Discipleship is costly. And kind of like, you know, a lot of people get views from Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, saying mm -hmm. that he, you know, he had the cheap grace and this, that, and the other. Without the works, they try to pull from that and utilize and force it into a system of saying, you know, the works had to be there. He was talking about cheap grace as people just saying, I, you know, you just believe this or whatever and you're good. Correct. But he wasn't talking about that. He was saying, you know, costly discipleship. Wasn't that Romans, uh, Romans 3, 8? <laughs> yeah. You know, why not say as some slanderously claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result. And that's that idea that that uh, if God's grace continues to abound and we can be saved, you know, and, and then just live the We're way not we, want, all we want. Let's all we want. Well, the whole point is that you're not actually saved. You're not coming to the real mm -hmm. repentance. Exactly. And that's, and I think so, that's that. that and idea. there's, there's cost with not living out your salvation. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why Paul says, what is it? Is it in Philippians where he says, work out your work salvation out your with fear and yeah, trembling. He's not yeah. saying you work that, for it. It's uh, like chapter you work four, it out. I think. I think so. You yeah. work it out. And trying to show forth, you know, living your life for God. Because here's one thing the people who want to say you work for your salvation or you work to keep your salvation, Paul speaks specifically in 1 Corinthians about the wood, hay, stubble, and precious stones, gold, silver, and all that that'll be burned up at the end of the time. And if it makes through the fire, well, there's a lot of people who are working for their salvation. They're thinking they're doing good works for God, but they're really doing it for themselves. And those works will be burned up in mm -hmm. the end time. So the thing is that we have to look at is we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you're eternally saved. So why? Mm -hmm. Because you can have temporal punishment. Mm -hmm. You can be punished here for things. God could put you into circumstances and put punishment upon you Correct. if you're not living for him. Yeah. I mean, up to a certain point of even death. And that's oh, yeah. what I firmly believe in First John. He's talking about the sin that leads unto death. And... So if you're sinning, that doesn't, and he's talking about brothers pray for him. He's using brothers, using terminology that they're Correct. believers. Yeah. But the person can have a sin unto death. And I can, I believe 
that God can call you home if you're being completely useless for him. When I would say I would say that leads us into what our topic next week will be yes. as we opened up uh, uh, salvation. And as I said, today's today was not really to get us on to into any certain direction, but simply to open up the discussion about and what I, we kind of are going to be talking about. We covered. Correct. Maybe blew your head up a yeah. little bit. On so the I think I think here, next but. week we're going to dive more into the, the assurance yes, of assurance. salvation. Assurance now that we understand. Uh, yeah. As we stand salvation, then. Now we can talk about the assurance of salvation. Is it works? Is it based? Anything like, you know, is it works based? Is it grace based? How do we do it? That will all be discussed next week. But uh, I want to thank you once again for, for joining us. This is Thinking Theologically. We're excited to come to you each week. We look forward to seeing you next week. Luke, you got anything to say? No, I'm just thankful and pray that you listen to it. And I pray that this opens your heart to a love of God that you've never, never even dreamed that you could have before. And that you just rest in him and trust in him to hold you and carry you. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys have a blessed day. We will see you soon. God bless. God bless.